Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your church home, welcome home. Welcome back. If you're a visitor, welcome for the first time. You are always welcome here, always. This house is open during COVID, during anything else. I'm hearing rumors, so get ready. So beware of lockdowns, but let me just go ahead and tell you this. This church will not close if there's any more lockdowns. You'll have a place to come. You don't have to stay home depressed. We will be open. Whether you wear a mask or not, that's between you and God. I don't think those are very safe. I think they do more damage to your body than actual virus sometimes. But that's between you and God, and I won't turn anyone away for that. Like I said during COVID, hey, come to church. I said it on the live stream one Sunday. I said, come to church if you want to wear a hazmat suit. And you're lonely and you're, you're afraid of germs. Who cares? Just come to church. Cover up. That's between you and God. Um, I believe the Lord's going to protect you here. Um, but uh, don't worry about that. But I'm just telling you this. According to the Constitution, they're going to have to throw away the Constitution to close down churches. All right? Freedom of worship. So we're protected in this nation. I know they tried to ignore that with emergency orders the last go around. And I don't, I don't know that anything's going to happen, but there's whispers. And this is a very liberal state, so I don't, I don't know. But um, just know this, that God is with you. And here's some simple wisdom for you. If you've already had COVID, don't worry about other strains. All right? Really, don't, don't sit around and worry about other strains. It's an election year coming up, so they're coming up with all kinds of stuff. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, it, it's crazy, the timing of some stuff. So... I'm not, hey, you vote how you vote, but I'm going to say this, vote as a believer. You don't have to like Donald Trump. Find somebody else to vote for. You say, well, they're not going to win. Well, that's up to you. That's between you and God. But let me just tell you this right now. I don't know why I'm on this tonight. But you as a believer should be, according to Scripture, forget about the past. I don't know anybody's life in here about the past or abortions. That's under the blood of Jesus. Are you hearing me on the live stream? Here's what I'm saying now, today and forever is you as a believer should be pro-life. Hear me, okay? You should be pro-life as a believer, all right? Now, if you're not, well, search the scriptures. Let God speak to you. And that's not a condemning thing. You say, oh, man, Pastor Matt heard something about me. No, I don't know your lives. I don't even know all of your beliefs unless you've told me. Most of you have not. But I do know, first and foremost, before you're a Republican or a Democrat, you are a lover of Jesus. Okay, I don't... I don't just vote straight ticket anything. I vote for the person, but I'm going to tell you, a deal breaker for me is someone who, who is um, pro-abortion. That's just me, okay? Now, I love you. That's between you and God, but you hear from God on that. And, and, and don't be swayed. I don't know why I'm bringing this up tonight. I just think we need to prepare ourselves. It, it ain't over. The weirdness is not over. There's things out there. There's things where they want to... Um, force even me as a minister to marry people that are of the same sex. And I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to stand with my beliefs. I joked about it during COVID, and I, I said, can you imagine me up in county wearing orange? Say, what are you in here for? You know, I'm bald. I don't look very tough or intimidating. I got a scar right here. Some on my head maybe, but I don't, I don't, look, very, I don't look very ruthless. I mean, my eyes are pretty bright. I don't mean their color. I mean, I just... 
<laughs> I'm a believer. I, I don't come across as hardcore, intimidating, or scary. But I can imagine, I joked about this during COVID, me being in county wearing orange and say, hey, what are you in here for? And I said, well, I went to church. You know, <laughs> there was a virus and I went to church. Can you believe that? No, um, we're not going to worry about that. Don't let politics sway you. Remember, first and foremost, man and woman of God, dear brothers and sisters, you are a believer in Jesus. You're a believer. And if that makes you say, I'm sick of it, I'm not going to vote on anybody, then don't. That's up to you. I encourage people to vote. Um, <laughs> come from a family who has folks in politics, you know, and you guys know my brother. He's a diehard believer and, and true, just a true believer and a man of God. We believe people should vote their conscience, but they should vote. We've had people die for that right. So vote. But vote as a believer. Don't vote as a Democrat or Libertarian or a Republican or, you know, whatever else there is. Uh, Green Party. I don't know. Is there still Green Party? But anyway, so just remember, first and foremost, you are a believer. Someone say with me tonight, I am a believer. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Just, just a little housekeeping there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to dole out advice as long as you keep coming to church. And it will be based on Scripture. Okay, so let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Everything I counsel you with from this pulpit or in person or in a meeting will come from Scripture. Not just my opinions and not the wisdom of mankind. It will be God's wisdom, all right? And so tonight we're back in the Word. Those of you, if it's your first time on a Wednesday night... Um, this is a full-blown service, but it's a little different from Sunday mornings in that we go book by book, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Right now we're in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. We're going to start where we left off last week. And the Apostle Paul is speaking here, and he says, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. He's going somewhere with this, and he's speaking about the Old Testament law. You've heard me mention this. I talked about some of it last week. The Old Testament law is good. The law is good. And it's right, okay? But it was a burden. Those of you who have read through your Bibles, you've even read in the New Testament, apostles saying, man, the law was a burden. They're talking about the Jewish people said, it was a burden that our ancestors couldn't bear, and now you're trying to put it on the Gentiles. Right? We, we could barely bear it. There's 600 and something precepts in the law. You say, well, yeah, there's the Ten Commandments. And we know Jesus simplified it in loving God and loving other, others. You're going you're gonna to do the right thing at all times. But, man, there are so many things in the law and sacrifices and all this stuff. And the Apostle Paul, he says, we know a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. Now, let me refer once again to what I mentioned last week. Abraham found out a marvelous truth. He's the father of our faith on earth anyway, right? Human father of our faith. Scripture says he was counted as righteous because he believed. Someone say he believed. That was before the law. That was about 400 years before the Old Testament law ever came into play. Before the Ten Commandments were written down, God's law was written on Abraham's heart. He had a relationship with God in faith and through faith. He called God the judge of all the earth. He believed him. He was an old man, and his wife was an old woman, and they had children. I say old, hey, whatever. They were elders, right? 
Nobody would ever consider calling my dad old. He's an older man, you know. But 75, man, he's a mover, right? But still, I know a lot of you go, can you, can you imagine right now if God, look, 75, like Abraham, right? Can you imagine God going right now to my dad, hey, I'm going to give you another son. I'd be like, Dad, you better talk to the Lord about that. <laughs> my dad's kid days are done. I think he always enjoyed us a little older, you know, so he could have conversations with us and put us to work. But pastor's a very young and strong 75. But Abraham was 75, and God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And he had to wait 25 years. And because he believed God, it was counted to him as what? Righteousness. Meaning what? He was made right with God through faith. Scripture says in numerous places in Scripture, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. You want to strengthen your faith? Get into the word. Now, I have a confession to make. I've been making a mistake with you for years now, and I need to correct it. Did I have everybody's attention? I've been telling you for as long as I've been pastor that you could read through your Bible in a year by reading three chapters a day, and that is incorrect. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how, like, I was all, I've read through the Bible every year. I must compensate. I think what happens is I usually read through the Bible with the one-year Bible. But you actually have to read 3.26 chapters a day to get through the Bible in one year. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. And if you divide that by three, it's not, it's not exactly three, 365, Okay. So I just need to say that now. I, man, it's been on me. Man, I said, man, I need to talk to my people as soon as I can. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you. Read through those Bibles, man. If it's simpler for you, do the one-year Bible. It's already broken up where you're going to read through the whole Bible in a year. You say, man, it takes me longer than a year. Fine. But read, read the Word every day. Get into the Word. That needs to be your baseline. You don't have faith unless you reach out to God in His Word. Okay? <laughs> Once again... A heartfelt apology from me about, I guess we were rounding down or something. Three chapters a day. Pastor says it too. I think he probably knows this, but I don't know. It's just, I don't want you surprised. You get to the end of the year and go, man, I'm 60 chapters short or whatever. And I think it's something like that. What? Pastor Matt said what? I thought he was a man of God. He lied about the Bible. Not intentionally. That was not a lie. That was a mistake. I'm sorry. Um. So it's about 3.25, 3.26 chapters a day to get through your Bible in a year. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure I do that so I get through it. All right. So you got to stay in the Word. You don't get just faith from nowhere. The Lord, the Lord says in His Word, Scripture says that we've been each given the measure of faith. So when you accepted Jesus, you were given a little bit of faith, right? All given the same amount of faith, most likely. The measure of faith. But you got to build on that. Can I get an Amen. You don't stay stuck. We know a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. Now, here's the amazing thing about you and me, usually. People have faith for their salvation, usually. We may struggle, you know, I mean, if they believe and say, okay, I, I believe the Lord can forgive my sin. Some folks struggle with that and say, man, I don't know um, if God can forgive me. Okay, you can come to terms with that and know that Jesus took care of it all, what he did. 
You can't do enough to make up for your sin. Only Jesus' blood can cover and take away your sin completely. Remove your sin. Make you white as snow, clean, brand new. All right? But have you noticed it's a lot harder to believe for other things in life sometimes? I mean, you're all in here, in here tonight because you believe in Jesus. You say, man, I'm going to go to heaven. But we need faith for so much more than that in life. Your salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. That's important. We've got to, there's things that people think about, right? What do they think about? Relationships, money, um, the afterlife, or they should, right? Health. What, is there anything else? Am I leaving out something? I know they think about those four things for sure. Relationships and health and the afterlife, and money, or they should. And some people don't think about the afterlife until they're on their deathbed. But let me tell you right now, you believing the words of Jesus, you accepting Jesus as a believer is so much more than just, okay, someday, I'll just, just the sweet by and by will be in heaven. Now that is the most important thing, praise God. But don't you think he wants you to be blessed and victorious and taken care of on this planet? Yes. And you don't get that just by obeying the law. You've got to place your faith in Jesus. And look at this. Let's go on with the rest of the verse. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we what? Might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. Once again, when you know that you're made right with God because of your faith in Christ Jesus, oh man, you get peace. You can walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about that on Sunday, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So many other benefits that God gives you. Promises for your finances as you give and for your peace and for your relationships and for your mind and for, for you dealing with situations in life and for wisdom. But you're made right with God because of your faith in Jesus, not because we have obeyed the law. He says it again. For no one will ever be made right with God by what? Obeying the law. So the references in the New Testament where the writers say, man, all it, all it did was point out my sin. The Apostle Paul said that. The law just showed me what I was doing wrong. There are so many laws now in the United States because they're trying to keep up with sin and people defrauding each other and hurting each other. All you need is Ten Commandments. And really, all you need beyond, beyond that is love God and love others. And you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to commit adultery. You know, you're not going to covet their, their stuff. You're not going <laughs> to murder them senselessly. You're, you're just not because you're walking in love. And if you love God, you're going to honor him, and he's going to be your only God. So we do know this, though. You're not made right with God just by obeying the law. Even the American legal system proves that, right? So he is referring to the Old Testament here, though, obeying the original old school law the Mosaic law. Let's keep going. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Hmm. Hold on. He's going somewhere. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. And he's, refer he's, he's speaking to people here because the Jews at this point were saying, hey, you're not obeying all the customs and all the traditions and all the stuff in the law? Then you're, you're guilty. But this new wave of messengers from God after the Holy Spirit fell and after, you know, after Jesus died and rose again and reappeared and the Holy Spirit fell, 
Now they're saying, look, it's not about the law. It's about your relationship with Jesus. Place your faith in Jesus and you're right with God. It's not about circumcision and the feasts and all these things. God's going to honor his feasts, his high holy days. God has set up the calendar. There's still things that happen on certain Hebrew holy days from the Old Testament. But you don't have to do all these feasts. You don't have to do all this stuff to be right with God. How are you right with God? You place your faith in Jesus. So if we're found guilty because we're not obeying the law, does that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Let's continue. He says, rather, I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. Wow. Because he's telling the Gentiles, man, put your faith in Jesus. It's not about all these traditions. Yes, God revealed himself to the Jews before other people on the planet and revealed himself through the Jews. And now Jesus has come through the Jewish people. But he's saying there's a new way. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. Right? Once again, the law just points out what you're doing wrong. You ever seen folks that come to church and they're trying to do their best, they're trying to do right, but all they focus on, maybe you've done it. I think I've had seasons, no, I know I've had seasons in my life is I just want to do right, I just want to do right, I just want to do right. Don't do that, don't do that. No, what you need is righteousness in God through faith in Jesus. It's not about a system of do's and don'ts. That doesn't mean you're free to just be a sinner and a nuthead, all right? But it means you don't need to worry about all that if you're walking in love with God and others, all right? He said, man, when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. It keeps showing you your faults. And then look what he says here. So I died to the law. My mom is in heaven. She is dead to this earth. Do you think she cares about who plays in the Super Bowl? Some people called it the Super Bore. Do you think she cares about if I shave my head or not? Do you think she cares? I mean, you, some of you have, Miss Debbie, your mom, your mama's with Jesus too. I, I don't think she's real worried about who's playing soccer or tennis or, and th- those are fine. It's, sports are fine. Or what's on Netflix, right? Those in heaven are dead to this earth. And I like what the Apostle Paul said right here. He said, so I died to the law. If you're dead to something, you've moved on. No, let me go back to the law. Is that going to make me righteous? No, it's not. Mm -mm. He said, I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might what? Live for God. And this must have been a big deal for, for him. Man, this was a Pharisee of Pharisees. You guys, you know Scripture enough to say, man... These guys were so hardcore and so zealous for God that they crucified God. Really? They said, no, you're, you're claiming to be God and all this. Uh-uh, that's against our law. Kill him. That's always freaked me out because I thought, man, I wondered if some of them just had a hatred for God just enough to, wow, what if they knew what they were doing? But Jesus said, forgive them. They, they don't know exactly what they're doing. So we're going to go with that because Jesus said it. But I've just... I just thought, man, their hatred for him, their vitriol, their collar, they just hated him so much. Wow. And this guy, the Apostle Paul, was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He came from the folks that had crucified Jesus or made sure he was crucified by the Romans. And he's saying, man, let's read that verse again. Let's read verse 19 again. 
He said, when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might what? Live for God. You can't do both. Let's keep going. He said, man, my old self has been crucified with Christ. This is going to go somewhere powerful, so I want you to hang with me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Wow. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can we read that verse again from the beginning? Thank you. Doing a good job hanging with me. My old self has been crucified with Christ. You know what that means? It means in some, at some point, if you love the Lord enough, you're not going to keep living like you used to live. Say, oh, that's just who I am. Hey, and we have weaknesses. Man, I've hinted to you about my weaknesses. I've told you my weaknesses. I'm very, very real and transparent up here. The things I've struggled with, the things I've gone through, the things I've overcome. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am a new creation because of Christ Jesus and in Christ Jesus, and so are you. You don't have to keep messing with the old weaknesses. You can live in the fruit of the Spirit. Remember Galatians chapter 5? It is no longer you who lives, but Christ lives in you. If you give Him room to live in you. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That is so powerful. Hmm. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. Remember, God's grace is His power to live right and do right. It's also his undeserved favor. He says, I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law, he goes back to it. Somebody say, he's back. Uh-huh, he's going again. He's very, very important. He's really reaching out to this audience because they're looking at starting to keep the old law again. He says, for keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. If all I am and all I have is a system of do's and don'ts, and I don't do this and do that, and you got to do this, Man, I'm in trouble. So why, why put your faith in Jesus if you're going to put it in, in your works, your faith in your works and in the law? No, if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Wow. Oh, foolish Galatians, he says. I believe it says in the King James Version, who has bewitched you? Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a what? picture of his death on the cross wow hmm. let me ask you this one question did you re receive the holy spirit by obeying the law of moses of course not you received the spirit because you believed the message you heard about christ let's stop there galatians 3 2 believe the message you heard about christ now many of you have been believers for a while some of you say oh no pastor matt it's been three years it's been two years uh, it's been two and a half, it's been five, it's been 20, it's been 40. Hey, that's because you believe the message you heard about Christ, praise God. But when you believe the message you've heard about Jesus, now you begin to live it. Two things you do once you've believed. You live it and you share it. You live it and you share it. Part of living God's word is you stop blaming other people. You stop blaming people for your actions and, no, you hold people accountable, and you've got to have boundaries. But I'm going to tell you right now, just like I've said the past few Sundays, nobody's worth going to hell over. Nobody's worth having a terrible life over either. Walking around moping and sick and sad over somebody else's actions. No. 
I tell you, dear brothers and sisters, no, you're called to a higher standard than that. The joy of the Lord and have a relationship with God. Hey, and not to say that you're not human and relationships don't affect you. Man, my relationship with my wife affects me. It's so important to me. I love her with all my heart. She's been going through a, a battle in her body, as you know. Oh, and it's just, oh, it's hurt me so much to see her go through so much pain. And she's such a soldier. And I know your relationships affect you, but when it comes down to it, we've got to keep our faith. You put your faith in Jesus and keep your faith there. And you believe the message. You've already believed. I know you believed. You're here on a Wednesday night. But after you believed, you live it. If you really believe it, you're going to live it. Can I get an amen in here? Praise God. Let's go ahead and bow bow our heads. Close our eyes. Just to make sure, and for the live stream, YouTube and Facebook. Is there anyone in here at the sound of my voice that has never made Jesus the Lord of their life? That is the big first step. You say, how do I, how do I take a step toward God? What do I do? This is the first step. That is to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. If that is you tonight, you've never done it. You say, man, Pastor Matt, if I died, I don't know where I'd go. If that's you tonight, Raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. Anybody in here? Anyone who has never confessed Jesus as your Savior? God bless you. Thank you for your courage, Miha. We're going to pray together. Not just for that hand that came up, but for those on the, on the live stream, those joining us on the live stream. So let's agree right now. Everybody in this house, say, Heavenly Father, I believe. Say, I know, apart from you, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Say, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. Come into my heart. Say, I believe you died and rose again for me. You're my Lord and Savior above all. And I believe. Thank you for saving me tonight. In Jesus' name.